Good morning. Thank you for joining us for our worship time today. This is the Bronx region of the New York City Church of Christ. And in the Bronx, we are studying out the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so we want to continue our study today with the fruit of goodness. Let's turn our Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature along with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. As we talked about last week, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, can be broken down into three different areas. First is the inward area, the inward fruit. Love, joy, peace. Those are the inward fruit. Then we have the outward fruit. Patience, kindness, goodness. Those are the outward fruit. And then we have the Godward fruit. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the Bible says the fruit, singular, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In other words, when we're baptized into Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is all of those characteristics together. It's not like we get a couple of them, love, joy, kindness, and then goodness. Oh, no, what is that? No, we get all of those fruit together at one time. Now, today we're going to study out the fruit of goodness. And good is a word that we throw around a lot. Think about it. We say, boy, that was a good game. Or that was a good meal. Or even as a parent, you may say to your kids, see you later, have fun, be good. And to some people, having fun and being good, they don't really go together. But what I want to talk about today is really goodness. Because goodness to one person could not be good to another person. You ever heard the saying, one man's junk is another man's treasure? See, that's how we are. Different people see good in different ways. So what really is goodness? You know, the dictionary has 17 different categories for good. Even in the New Testament, it has many different uh, words and synonyms for good. The word good and goodness is used 619 times in the New Testament alone. Now think about it. When it comes to good, what does it take to make you feel good? Maybe a vacation? But then sometimes we need a vacation from our vacation. Maybe it's a better job will make you feel good. Maybe if you were just pain free, it would make you feel good. Or maybe if you were debt free, it would make you feel good. Or maybe if you just had some money, it would make you feel good. But the Bible tells us that in the beginning, everything that God created was good. In other words, everything God created was good and it had a purpose. Everything he did had a purpose. So let's start today by defining the word goodness. You know, goodness can be defined as doing good because it is the right thing to do and not for the purpose of being recognized for doing good. Again, goodness can be defined as doing good because it's the right thing to do and not for the purpose of being recognized for doing good. See, Sometimes we make excuses for people 
by saying that they are good. Let me give you an example. We excuse people's behavior. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard uh, a sister say, well, he verbally hurts me every single day. But you have to understand, deep down inside, he's a good person. Or, you know, I know she drinks sometimes too much and curses a lot, but really, she is good. Or even so, I know he or she is not a Christian, but if you really got to know them, they are so good. See, if we could achieve goodness with our own strength and ability, there will be no need for Jesus to die on the cross. We cannot achieve that goodness on our own strength. But that's what Satan wants you to believe. Satan wants you to think you can achieve goodness on your own. But Jesus thinks something different. He tells us over and over something different. Look in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. It says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. See, Jesus seems to tell us that no matter what's going on, What's on the inside is way more important than what you see on the outside. So you can't judge a book by its cover. You know, when I first got met to become a Christian, I was playing football uh, in college. And, you know, back in that day, I had my long rat tail sticking out, had my earring in, had my gold chains on, all that. Now, if you saw somebody like that, you probably wouldn't think, boy, I bet they're open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, but you know what? You can't judge a book by its cover. We can't judge people and say, oh, they're open to the word of God or they're not going to be open to the word. of God." We don't know. Only God knows our task, our mission, our duty is just to share the word, spread the word and let God do the work. It's not us that's doing the work. It's God that's doing the work. Look over in Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 and 28. Jesus says this also. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. See, Jesus says it's not about how good you look on the outside because you really aren't that good on the outside. But it's what's on the inside that determines whether or not you are good. See, we can all put up a front. We can all make it look good. But what really is going on on the inside could be a whole different story. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Isaiah 64, verse 6. It says, all of us have become like one who is unclean and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. So if by the human standard of good isn't good enough, what hope do we have? What is our hope? See, goodness is not made up of the outward things that we do. 
Rather, goodness is the inward reality of who we are in Jesus Christ. That's the real meaning of good, who we are in Jesus Christ. Goodness is our motive. Jesus teaches us what goodness really is. Matthew chapter 10, verse 17. Matthew 10, verse 17. I know we've read this story many times before, but let's look at it again. Matthew 10, verse 17. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? You know, what Jesus shows this man and shows us as well is that all too often we overestimate who we really are and we underestimate who God really is. See, we can think we're all we're good. We're all this and we're all that. And we're doing this checklist of things. And as long as I do this and this and this, I'm a good disciple of Jesus. And he says, listen, it's not about the things you're doing. Where's your heart? What's going on inside? If we're doing things for recognition and to show I'm doing this, this and that, that's not the heart that God is looking for. He says, listen, if you just obey the commandments, you could have eternal life. And this man responded pretty much like you and I would have responded. But I'm doing all those things. I'm doing all the things that I should do. But Jesus calmly and easily replies, Yes, but one thing you lack. In other words, you missed it. That's basically what he's telling the man. You missed it. You may have all these things that you're doing, but you missed it. See, if we think we're good enough to satisfy God's requirements, or we think we can do enough things to satisfy God's requirements to make him happy, we missed it. It's not about doing a bunch of things to please God. It's about our heart. It's about where are we inside even as we do those things. So let's talk about goodness. I have several points for us today. Let's talk about goodness. First of all, point number one, goodness under every circumstance is beneficial to others. Goodness under every circumstance is beneficial to other people. Goodness is holiness in action and flows from an inward love and devotion to God. Let me explain. Let's look at how, how the Bible talks about it. Acts chapter 10, verse 37 and 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 37 and 38. It says, You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, and after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing 
all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. He did all these good things because God was with him. He went around healing the sick, feeding the hungry. He raised the dead. He raised children from the dead. He did all these things. He allowed himself to be spit on, to have a crown of thorns jammed into his head, to be flogged, his back ripped apart, to die on a cross. And even during that, said, Father, forgive them. Whoa. See, if we had just stopped at the beginning where Jesus was feeding people and healing people and helping people, we would say, oh, yeah, I can do all those things. I can go out and I can serve and I can do this and that. But then it says he voluntarily got spat upon, a crown of thorns in his head, flogged and still said, I forgive you. See, we think we're good because we do things. Jesus took it a step further. It's not about just doing things that makes you good. Where's your heart afterwards? Because he easily, quickly forgave. He didn't say, you know what? Let me pray about it. Let me fast for three days and then I'll forgive you. No, as he was getting beat, flogged and crucified on the cross during the painful moments, he said, I forgive you. That is goodness. Because goodness is always, under every circumstance, good or bad, beneficial to other people. That one you're going to have to go back and look at again. That's intense. But let's move on. Point number two. Goodness does what is right in every situation. Goodness does what is right in every situation. See, doing good for political gain or popularity, recognition, is not goodness. If we're doing it with an intent to get something from, of it, from it, that's not goodness. Goodness is not like a, an optional extra. You know how you can go out to eat and order a hamburger and say, oh, does fries come with that? They'll tell you yes or no. If not, you can order them. It's not like, oh, I got the Holy Spirit. Does goodness come with that? Oh, can you just add that on there? Goodness is not an extra that's just thrown in there when it's all over with. Godly goodness does not come naturally to us. It does. It's not something that, oh, we're just going to be good in a godly way. We have no ability to make goodness happen through our own strength. So how do we become good? How do we become the kind of good person that God desires? Again, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. This is what it says. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. See, how do we how do we become the kind of good people God wants us to be? First of all, we have to choose to let the Holy Spirit guide us in that direction. See, the Holy Spirit does not automatically operate in a Christian's life. Even though you get the Holy Spirit as a gift, 
it doesn't automatically just just function. We would be robots then, spiritual robots walking around. No, we have to choose to do that. See, again, when Jesus showed us that example of goodness, he chose to forgive. You see, it didn't just come naturally getting beat, flogged, spit on. Oh, yeah, let me just forgive him. No, no, no. He had to choose to do that. And he chose to because of his love for you and me. Now, we have to choose whether or not we're going to follow the Holy Spirit and do what is good. See, how quick are we to follow the Holy Spirit? You know, some of us are quick to get angry real fast. Something happened. Boom. It's like Rice Krispies. Snap, crackle and pop off on somebody. But are we that quick to choose goodness in the situation? See, there's times when you may hear a voice or you just feel God calling you to do a certain thing. Well, you have to choose. Am I going to follow that or am I going to choose not to follow that? We all know what's right and what's wrong. We know what's good and what's not good. Should I watch this? Mm, it's not good for me to watch it. So let me just do it for like five seconds. No, we need to choose to say no to that. You know what? Let me just encourage somebody here. Mm, I got a lot going on, though. Do I need to take the time out to encourage them? We have to choose to be good and follow the Holy Spirit. See, why? Because the power of the fruit-filled life does not lie in the Christian. But it lies in the Christian that yields to the Holy Spirit. See, just because you are a Christian doesn't mean you're going to automatically follow the good fruit of the Holy Spirit. No, you have to choose to follow the goodness of the Holy Spirit. You know, an apple tree doesn't just think about producing apples. It produces apples. Why? Because it's an apple tree. An apple tree produces apples. It's connected to the source of life. It should be the same for a Christian. We shouldn't just, oh, you know what? What's going on today? No, if this is who we are, we need to choose to produce fruit for God. The fruit of goodness. A Christian produces fruit because he's a Christian. She's a Christian. And because he or she is connected to the source of life, God. So why, why should I try to grow in these fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Why should I try to grow in that? Because you're a Christian. And that's what a Christian does. If you are tapped into the power source of God, you are going to try your best. Are you going to be perfect? No. So let's not even start with that. I'm not perfect. Only Jesus is. Nobody's saying you're perfect. None of us are perfect. But you can give it your best effort. And you know whether or not you're giving it your best effort. You know whether or not you're really trying. You say, well, I am trying. Okay, maybe you are. I don't know. But God knows and you really know inside whether or not you are. Look in John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. John 15, verse 4 and 5. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. 
If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Goodness is produced by God's work in us. There's nothing that we can do. God's going to do the work. It's a gift. God's goodness is a gift in us, but it's up to us whether or not we want to grow and whether or not we choose to grow in this area. Now, thirdly, goodness is being what God meant for us to be. Goodness is being what God meant for us to be. Second Peter chapter one, verse five. Second Peter one, verse five. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Okay, this is what it's saying. God meant for you to be a good person. Ephesians five, verse nine. Ephesians five, verse nine. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. If you are in the light, then inside of you should be goodness. So, okay, let me understand that more. Okay, it's very simple. We're either in the darkness or we're in the light. If we're in the light, then God is trying to produce good fruit in you. Psalms 23, verse 6. Psalms 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness is being what God has meant for us to be. When we do what God intends for us to be, we will feel good about ourselves. Ephesians 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Goodness is a lifestyle. What do we benefit from goodness? Well, we have a lot of self-esteem. When we strive to be good the way God calls us to, we feel good about ourselves. We have high self-esteem. We feel confident. We feel strong. That's a benefit of striving to be good. Feeling good about yourself, not because you look good, and, and you do, you look good, but it's because of the standard that we're trying to live up to in Christ Jesus. God's purpose for you, for me, is that we do good and be good. Not just, again, a checklist of things. We need to be good in who we are. We're not born good. You say, well, I was just born that way. We're not born good. You think about it. You, you check out a little baby or even a young kid in them terrible twos. You know kids aren't just born good. But we have to change. And we have the opportunity to change because of who God is. 
So you say, I want to be good. I, I want to have this kind of lifestyle. What do I need to do? Well, let me give you some practical things that can help us out. Number one, we put goodness into our lives when we read the Bible. You say, I want this goodness in my life. How do I get it? First of all, we put goodness into our lives when we read the Bible. See, in order to have goodness, we need to fill our minds and our life with God's word. We can't know what's good to God unless we read and listen to what God tells us is good. There's just no way. If we're not reading our Bible and seeing what God says as good, we can never be good. You have to read your Bible. It's not about, oh, I heard the preacher say this. Oh, I heard a televangelist say this. Oh, I heard this on a, a podcast. It's not about what you heard from anybody. Think about it. Even the Bereans, when they heard the Apostle Paul, they went back and examined the scriptures themselves because they said, I want to make sure I hear this myself from God. This is why it's so important to read your Bible every day, because God's word will help you have that goodness. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17. It tells us all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible's clear. The Bible's clear. Just because you own a Bible or you listen to the Bible on your phone or something, that's not enough. It's not enough just to listen to it. Again, we have to live it out. You have to read the Bible so you know what to do, and then you need to live it out. This is very simple. How did Jesus defeat Satan in the desert when he was tempted? He knew the Bible. He knew the scriptures. He lived it out. He had it. He was quoting scriptures to the devil. Listen, you have to know the Bible. Memorize some scriptures. Have your favorite song you can sing. I mean, David and the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms are songs that David wrote. This is so important, guys. So in other words, if we want to put goodness into our lives, it starts by us reading the Bible every day. Second thing, we put goodness into our lives by guarding our minds, guarding our minds. Philippians 2 verse 5. This is what it says. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Your attitude. Well, what is your attitude? Your attitude is how you feel, how you respond to different things, whether good or bad. Again, he's on the cross saying, forgive him. He had a good attitude. Do we have a good attitude? See, we have to take control, guard our minds. The King James Version, Proverbs 23, 7, says this. Proverbs 23, 7 in King James. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, sin starts in a man's heart, in a woman's heart. That's where it starts. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Luke 6, 45. It says, the good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
Listen, what are you allowing into your mind? Because what you allow into your mind will go into your heart, and that's what's going to be shown in your life. See, are we allowing the Word of God in our minds, reading the Bible every day, helping us control our thoughts? That's what the Bible says. Take captive every thought. Take captive those thoughts. It doesn't mean you if you think something that's not good or healthy, oh, I'm doomed. No, you may think it, but then take it captive and turn that into something good, productive, repent of it, change, be different. We don't need to guilt ourselves out. We need to start taking captive those thoughts. I'm just so angry. I just want to scream. I just want to go off. Okay, take captive that thought. Put Christ into it and be a different person. Do we let the word of God into our minds? Do we let CNN in our minds? Do we let the Fox News in our minds? Do we let Facebook in our minds? What are you putting in your mind? What is going inside of you? It's your choice what you put in. Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You know, Paul understood the influence of our thoughts on our lives. That's why he says, hey, whatever you're thinking about. If these things are true, if these things are noble, you got to understand all those things affect who you are. If you are constantly bombarding yourself with negative, you're going to be negative. If you're putting in the righteous, you're going to be righteous. See, what a person allows to occupy his or her mind will sooner or later determine their speech and actions. Oh, it's going to happen. Absolutely. When I was playing football, I cussed all the time. But then I started hanging around Christians that didn't cuss. And then I stopped cussing. You will be like the people you surround yourself with. Point number three. We put goodness into our lives by developing our own personal convictions. You can put goodness into your life by developing your own personal convictions. In other words, what's my personal conviction? What do you stand for? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That's the facts. If you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything that comes along. We live in an age where it seems like we're just supposed to accept everything that happens, everything that everybody complains about, everything that everybody says. We're just supposed to go over it. And just be open-minded to every single thing. But does an open mind mean you have no brains? No. We do need to be sensitive. We do need to be understanding. We do need to be caring. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean just because somebody has a complaint. We just, oh yeah, sure, I agree. We have to stand for something or you're going to fall for every scheme Satan throws at you. And there's a difference in opinion and conviction. Opinion is something you can give without meaning. But conviction is something you believe so strongly in, you'll die for it. 
Think about the, uh, the apostles of Jesus, the disciples of Jesus. They were so convinced, so convicted that Jesus rose from the dead, they were willing to die for it. That's conviction. That wasn't an opinion because once they start getting beat, that opinion flies out the window. You hit me again, I believe whatever you want to say, if it's just an opinion. But if you have convictions, even if it's coming at you, persecuting you, you're going to stand your ground. See, to let goodness rule in our lives, we have to take a stand against Satan, against evil, against sin. People are going to call you on sin. Call me on sin. People are going to call. We're supposed to call each other on sin. Do you quickly respond in a godly way or do you quickly get angry, upset, frustrated? Which one are we feeding? Goodness or unrighteousness? One of the greatest sayings ever is this. All that is necessary for the triumph for evil is for good men to do nothing. See, if we just read a Bible and sit around and do nothing, evil's going to win. If the Bible is a part of who you are, you have conviction on the Bible. You know what? We're going to overcome Satan. Jesus has already overcome Satan and he has already won the victory. We just really get to tag along. It's like a four by four relay in the Olympics. They all work together. But you know what? It's pretty good if that anchor leg is Usain Bolt and he, you know he's ready to take off. It's important for us. So hopefully we've learned something here about goodness. God wants each of his children to be good. You, me. He wants us to not just be good, but to teach others about goodness also. So let me review as we close out here. Number one, goodness always under every situation, every circumstance is beneficial to other people. Goodness is beneficial to other people. Secondly, goodness does what is right in every situation. Goodness does what is right in every situation. And then thirdly, goodness is being what God has meant for us to be. When God created you, when he created me, he saw it as good. He wants us to be what he created us to be, and that is good. That is why he gave us the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And one of those characteristics is goodness. If it wasn't something he wanted us to be, he would not have given it to us. He says, I want you to be good. I'm giving you the best start you could be, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And in that fruit is goodness. Guys, let's read our Bible. Let's do what is right. Let's make the choice to follow the fruit of the Holy Spirit and to be what God wants us to be as good sons and daughters. I love you. Thank you for joining us in our time today. To God be the glory.